All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Live in Fort Myers, Florida. Beautiful night here. Currently 64 degrees. We got up to 70 today. A little breezy. It's not exactly the 80 degrees that you might be expecting, Susie. And I can tell you're you're pouring one out for us, right? I really am. I'm feeling yeah. real bad for you. <laughs> Although, can I say, can I say, yes. can I say, Sun Country, get to go. And I am leaving tomorrow. On Sun Country to go to Naples, Florida for a week. Ooh. So. Very nice. Yeah. What do you do when you come to Naples? Nothing. No. Oh, like, I'm getting a, a massage. Place? Yeah, I have a massage on Friday. Um, like yes, a, my. Like a, a sketchy massage? No, or it's like a straight a... up masseuse. Right. I don't know. I don't know either. Listen, uh, my best friend, a very dear sweet friend, Nancy, and I, her brother lives down there in a nice place uh, not a uh, not a shack right and uh yeah so i'm looking forward to it like a good you friend said, of mine lives in a place in naples and is is your friend's place in like one of these kind of gated communities yes, yes it's a golf course gated. yeah, yeah it's fancy it's fancy. nice right i know what I are we you. where did we go wrong i don't know jason it's a mystery <laughs> it's a mystery <laughs> <laughs> it is, what do you think about the gated community thing? It is very strange, right? Like my in-laws have a, uh, they are right now in Scottsdale, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And when we go visit them, you know, you need to, re- you know, look in your phone where you stored the code to yeah. open the the gate. Right. And here in Florida, like I was driving around today because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, what else was I going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, work. I mean, you were preparing for the show, but well, you had a little time. Yeah, to drive one around. of the ways you prepare is by you know living life, taking ha- in, taking it all in. Yeah, I had to run to the liquor store, of so course. I was driving. Jeez. It's fine. He's dying. It's fine. Okay. Uh, and you see these gated communities mm-hmm. everywhere, mm-hmm. and on the one hand, I look and think ah, it's sort of anti-neighborly, you know? Yeah. And then on the other, it's like, man, they sure look nice. <laughs> like, you don't have to worry about anything, I'm sure. Like, you know, it's all not that I worry about anything in my ungated community. So I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't have too much concern in St. Louis Park either. So I'm OK. Yeah. yeah. Would I, you, you want to live in a gated community? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it sort of sends such a message of elitism. Like, I don't want to be among the people. Let them eat cake. Yeah. Marie Antoinette said. Correct. Do you know what I mean? Did I'm, Marie Antoinette really say that? Is that a know. is that a famous misquote? I Probably. think so. Charlie's nodding. Yeah. Charlie back it. here, you know, keeping it on the tracks back here while you two go. Charlie's like essentially a socialist, so I know like he would not be in favor of a uh, gated Charlie, community. you can say your thought. I, I mean, I, they've called me that in the text line before. Socialist? I, so. I said essentially, like yeah. not yeah. full, bo- full bore. It. Well, I heard we were being accused of being Marxist, and Charlie mentioned to me that he didn't believe that some of the texters no. actually knew what no. Marxism is. 
Yeah. My my don't say that. Now they're gonna think I'm definitely socialist. <laughs> <laughs> my oldest my oldest had a phase. You know, we all have our phases, right? You right. go through your political phases of whatever. Some people I wonder, I haven't met hmm. I'm trying to think if I know many people who like have been the same their whole life. Yeah, I you think know? I know one. I don't know too many. I know a couple. Yeah. Okay. But like I kinda went on the I went on the journey, right? Uh, where you start, when I was younger, I grew up in the Reagan years. I had, as a kid, my mother got me George Bush, George H.W. Bush, like coins. Remember when we were younger, they would run these ads on TV, like, Mm -hmm. get the presidential commemorative coin set. (laughs) And my mom knew, like, there was nothing I would want more than my George. I was one of the rare George... H.W. We didn't call him H.W. at the time. Nope. It was just George Bush, but I was a big Reagan guy. Nice. I was like a young Alex P. Keaton. And then I went off to college. These are references that, well. I get it. The yeah. audience knows. Yes. <laughs> Some people are like, what? Are, <laughs> my Michael kids J. are like, what are you talking about? Um, well, Seth, when, when he was, uh, during the COVID years, when he was like 15. Mm-hmm. One day we go into the kids' room, and, you know, the kids, they're doing their remote learning and all of this stuff, and they live on TikTok now, and so you're, you have to go in the room to see what what are you up to. <laughs> and he had in his room Soviet, like, propaganda posters, like communist propaganda posters. Wow. And he was, like, playing it off like it was just, you know, an aesthetic thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then the Amazon shipment of of Karl Marx's book showed wow. up at the house. Okay, you had to sit down. Go. Now you got a conversation. Well, I was glad he read the book. Like, do you know? Explore. I wasn't going to tell him like that. I thought he was cuckoo for cocoa puffs. And then one day, the communist posters came down, and we were like, "What happened?" And Seth was just disgusted. He's like, "This is not realistic." <laughs> <laughs> There it is. There it is. And now I don't know. Now he's off in New York. He, who knows what his politics are? Yeah. Just very funny. I you think can, so. We get to go on the journey. It's hard keeping up with everybody, too. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt about it. Mm. Hey, I read uh, today that I think it's a school in Iowa, the University of Iowa, is using Pokemon Go to teach math. Remember that... that uh, when Pokemon Go was red hot. Right. Do you know what that is? I surely so, do because if it, it happened in my neighborhood and like 12 cars came flying down my little side road. And I was like, good God, what am I missing? Oh, my goodness. I was freaking out. I'm like, what's happening? And they're like, there's Pokemon here. I said, what? Because <laughs> they. Yeah. Oh, was- Pokemon Go started in like 2016. Yep. And I was doing it. I was walking around catching, you got to catch them all. Yeah, I know. Virtually kind of, right? Isn't that yes, what people do it's on like, your phone? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And it was so, it's sort of a cool technology that would overlay the video game on top of the real world surrounding. And so there was a benefit to this, and especially during lockdown time where it's like, all right, yeah, what get else out are there. we going to do? Go walk around parks. It's sort of like geocaching. Kind Remember when that exactly. was a bit? Exactly, yeah. So it's sort of back. I think it's back again, like because uh, Sam, the junior, is playing Pokemon Go 
with his buddies. Mm-hmm. So, like, we went to, uh, I don't remember what I took him to, but we came into downtown Minneapolis. I, I, maybe it was a Timberwolves game. And he was in heaven. He's like, oh, these are all, you know, we don't have these pokies in Maple Grove. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> but they're they're using it in a math class at the University of uh, of Minnesota, or of Iowa, Iowa University yeah. of Iowa, yeah. which I think is funny. I don't really know quite, I mean, there are stats, I guess, when you when you have a battle. So if you want. Charlie, have you ever played this? Dan, have you played this? I certainly haven't. Yeah, the summer of Pokemon Go was one of the highlights of my young life. Oh, yeah. how about that? But, like, there is math in this because you have to sort of run the odds a bit as you're, when you're uh, having an attack, when you're having a battle, right? Yeah. yeah. I also yeah. think it's dangerous because, no, Charlie, you think it's dangerous? Those, well, the car, I mean, when cars come flying I into mean, your neighborhood. The, well, that's just somewhat, the the car had nothing to do with the game, though. They the were point just, is actually you're supposed to walk around. That's what you're supposed well, to do. Well, these people the were thing. cheating, and they were in yeah. their cars. Wow. What's on them? Yeah, yeah, because I thought the game, like, detected if you were, because I remember, mm. like, I was on my bike, and the, it, telling this story makes it sound like I was 12, when I was riding my bike. And, and I, I had a baseball card in the spokes. I had Pokemon <laughs> Go open, and the thing would say, you can't, you're moving too fast. Like, it didn't, it, oh. it knew. I like wonder it you knew. get discounted, or you can't get points if you're in a car. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not, you're not able to do anything. It kind of shuts off until you slow down. Well, these ding-dongs didn't know that, Charlie. You're just ravaging St. Louis Park and Susie's neighborhood. I know. Maybe you do wish you were in a gated community. That's right. Yeah, maybe. Keep those hoodlums out. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say it with a straight face. No. Do we have like an alert sounder so we can let people know that the sprinklers are on here at Hammond Stadium? Oh, are you Myers. getting wet? No. Oh, okay, <laughs> kind of like that. Yeah. There you go. That's How the right sound you? effect. Yeah. I mean, we're in the press box, so it's I, it's not yeah, immediate concern. No, it's not immediate concern at all. all right. No, it's just you were just distracted by. It. I just you know it's fun. I think even though it's been such a warm winter in Minnesota. Uh, relatively mm-hmm. speaking, it's nice to bring a little bit of sunshine back home yeah. with us. And, yeah. and just, you know, you can picture the the sprinklers on here at Hammond Stadium. Oh, is that what you're doing? You're offering us a visual. That's gift. beautiful. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Jim also, Hammond from Channel 9 down the line there setting up a live shot. Oh. You know. Well, let me let me ask you this, because you know, you know when it's it's a big big deal mm. when the big tv stars show up yep. oh. so like today reggie wilson from care 11 yep. and uh jim rich yep. that's that's how you know you're like I'm sure we'll be running into mike max any day now sure he'll give you a hug last year he was down here he had to shoot his own stuff yeah they only sent him it's tough oh, these days yeah yeah i know yeah. they look at me though like i'm like Third class citizen. Radio. Oh, no. Radio. I know. And you the, used to be famous to Russia. Yeah. Like, all right. And the newspaper people, they are snobs. An unnamed member of the twin staff described us as benign today. Like we what? just don't we don't cause any problems. We're just sort of here. Like that, we, we got nice. here. We got here and the place was like all locked up. Everybody had gone home. That is true. We had to talk our way in. That's because I was driving around Getting going to the liquor alcohol. store. <laughs> there was that. There was there was that. <laughs> But yeah, we had to talk our way in, and and yeah. you know, the, one of the members of the staff said, "Yeah, it's just like we forget you guys are even here." <laughs> yeah, Susie, we've been getting texts like all the last two days that say that uh, all we do in the media is coddle, 
thugs and criticize police. Oh my gosh, really? That's too bad. Do do you think that is no. a fair characterization? No, I don't. No, I don't. No, Why do I you don't. think people feel that way? I don't way? know. I don't know because I think because I think this country is so divided and they just clump most media as being liberal and one-sided and I don't know, it's the world is not black and white. Yeah. There are nuances, there is gray. But I'm just going to circle back real quick. The more we learn about what went down in that shooting on Sunday morning with those children, I am beyond. I'm, we are all just struck by, I mean, he could have killed the kids. Yeah. And we are struck by how brave those officers were and how brave the paramedic was. I'm in awe of them. I really yeah. am. And, yeah. I, and it makes, yeah. your, makes me feel me too. sick. Like somebody was talking, I mean, there's been so many people on our air, but one of them was just like, and we're going back out. You know, this isn't stopping us. I mean, like I might go, you know what? I don't think I want to be a police officer anymore because, yeah, that's just a little too scary for me. Like, I, I don't know. I'm just in awe of all law enforcement. I know there are some bad eggs, but overall what they do and what they sign up for is amazing. Yeah, I, I, we do get the opportunity in this job to, like, actually see it happening. Unlike the text line and keyboard warriors who <laughs> want to tell us how awful we are, and that's fine. Like, feel how you feel, like right. whatever. Right. But if you're interested in reality, we in the media, those of us who have been out there on the street, have been there as police have rolled up have been grateful for the times police have protected us absolutely in volatile situations sure which has happened many times in my career i'm sure many. it's happened to you yes and so uh you know just because we're in a situation where sometimes you ask questions and sometimes you want things to get better like i just feel uh the same respect and admiration and sort of astonishment that you do mm-hmm. that another human being would p- put themselves in this uh, in danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, you know, we asking questions about the way we do things doesn't mean that we don't like the people. It means that we want it to be better. I look at our show and think, how do we do it better? What did I do wrong? What could I have done better? It doesn't mean that I hate radio shows. It just means that. <laughs> I want to be better. That's all. Like this, to me, this shouldn't really be this, this hot. Yeah, it shouldn't I know. be this hot. It's you can, unfortunate. You, you can absolutely acknowledge the wondrous work that police officers do, and the tremendous help that they are, and the tremendous risks that they take, while at the same time acknowledging that they're given a tremendous amount of responsibility and a tremendous amount of power, and that when somebody abuses that responsibility and that power, yeah. they need to be held yeah. accountable. Right. Both yeah. of those things can be true. It's not one or the other. Right. That's it, what I was saying. It's easy. Yeah. 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 It's easier to live that way, I think. You don't ever have to analyze new information, you know. <laughs> you just, here's what I think about everything and I'm done. Goodbye. That's what yeah. they say. I the end. The end. Kind yeah. of boring. Kind of boring. Hey, I have a question for you. Sure. Changing gears. Should I call Pete Nigerian when I'm in Naples and ask if I can come over for a cup of coffee and look at his house that's on the beach? 
Absolutely. I can't see why you wouldn't. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, Pete should just invite you. He should know that you're coming. <laughs> he but... doesn't know I'm coming, but Charlie gave me his phone number. So. Oh, you should. You that go. would be fun. I want, sure. I want to see that picture of you and Pete yeah. hanging out on the beach. Uh, okay. I like it. It's kind of like it's kind of like Jason trying to get himself invited to the twins party tonight. I tried. How could you be in? Oh, it's down there. I was yeah. Like, yeah. I thought it was up here. I'm like, you no. Have, so there's a special party tonight. And so you the last. Be, oh, my God. You yeah. must be so heartbroken, Jason. Are you offended? The last two years, Joe Polad, uh, the, the executive chair, the yeah. ownership group representative, has thrown a party for twin staff down here. Uh, yeah. Twin players, staff, players, family, the whole thing. And it's, a, it's a, a mini golf place. And so they, you know, do the whole thing. Right. And so, yeah, Jason's like, boy, that sure sounds like it's a lot of fun. That would be great. Kind of. Yeah. And Joe's response was, yeah, Dan and I will tell you how it went later. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty wow. good. Dan, are you going? Tell me you're no, not No, of course going. not. Yeah. Oh, of course yeah. not. Yeah. Does anybody no. media get in? Or no. Is it no, all? no. No. It's all. It's staff and players. Okay. It's, uh, so they get to just organizational cut loose yeah. and fun. have fun. Yeah. But we could go, like, lurk outside, maybe. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> hey, <laughs> guys. Wave at a few people. Hey, we know. How are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> no. We're good. We'll, you know, we'll we'll be fine. You you come to Naples tomorrow, Susie? Yes, I'll be there. Right. Safe flight. Thank you, dear. Good to talk to you guys. Susie Jones joining us here on CCO. We'll break. We'll do D Rush Hour news headlines next. All star closer, Kenley Jansen. We have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. D-Rush Hour news headlines on this February 20th, 529. We start with construction work. You know it's dangerous, but you might be surprised to learn that the top killer of construction workers is drug overdose. New York Times with really a fascinating story today. When you think about all of the dangers construction workers face, right? Live wires, electrical hazards, heavy machinery, gusts of wind, you know, on and on and on. It's drug overdose. Centers for Disease Control of Professions say it's uh, more likely to die of overdose than those in any other line of work. 162 overdose deaths per 100,000 construction workers in 2020. So 162. Compare that to other deaths on the job in construction. 10 per 100,000. So 162. So that means that workers are about 16 times as likely to die of an overdose as they were from a work-related injury. How about that? Food service industry is number two when it comes to overdose. 118 deaths per 100,000. But that's still a sizable difference between construction workers, 162. It is, and it's an interesting juxtaposition, too, because, I mean, construction workers, you sort of that's a very physical job, right? Yeah. You're thinking, okay, there are going to be injuries. There's going to be that kind of thing that, you know, okay, you can see where somebody gets prescribed right. opioids. And then and that's what they say. Abusing. Part of it is yeah. is the pain. Yeah. Uh, the pain meds they get prescribed. But food service. I, I think it's more the culture of addiction that happens yeah. in that. Uh, being around alcohol so much and drugs, mm-hmm. it's often a part of kitchen culture. Yeah. Uh, big 
a big hotel going up right by the home of the Minnesota United Soccer Club. Fred Mello. That was Fred on the call there. Just nailed it. Fred Mello in the Pioneer Press reporting that Dr. Bill McGuire, the owner of Minnesota United, is writing plans to build an eight-story, 160-room hotel right along University Avenue in St. Paul. So Bill McGuire bought all of this land. He spent $54 million by this land last month. Uh, That gave him full control, or at least controlling control, over the land uh, right in that United Village, right around Allianz Field. Neighbors have been complaining because it's been an abandoned dump for a long time. Over four years, the riots ruined a lot of those businesses. Then leases weren't renewed. Took a while for demolition to take place, but we're finally starting to see what the future will be. A restaurant pavilion, offices, other name development, that may be part of this whole operation. But the hotel, it's a big, there are a lot of colleges over there, and there's no hotel, if you think about it. Downtown St. Paul, downtown Minneapolis, not much in between. So this hotel would be probably a pretty good deal for McAllister, University of St. Thomas, those schools. Last week, they announced a new line of products that cost a dollar or two. Now Target seems to be saying, hey, we're still Target. Oh, yeah. Star Tribune reporting that Target announced today they're collaborating with one of my wife's favorites, legendary dress designer Diane von Furstenberg. On March 23rd. The DVF signature wrap dresses and much more go online and in stores. Most of it will be under 50 bucks. More than 200 pieces across clothing, accessories, beauty, and home. Uh, remember the first partnership Target did 25 years ago? Michael Graves, the architect. Kind of the, I think it was around college time for me. So, like, some kids would have, like, the Michael Graves tea kettle. That's, <laughs> like, so cool. Uh yeah, they've been doing it for 25 years. 50th anniversary of that iconic rap dress, the DVF rap dress. And her granddaughter is the co-chair of the brand. So Talita von Furstenberg uh, helped make this collection. Pretty cool. That's the D-Rush Hour news headlines here on CCO. It... Considering how controversial... Universal, free, taxpayer-funded school lunch has been. It gives me some hesitation to tell the 30% of you who are infuriated by the fact that kids are eating lunch and eating breakfast and upper-middle-class and rich kids are not having to pay for it. It gives me some hesitation, but actually I'm lying. With great glee, I tell you that we need to give them a little bit more. One more thing that I think a lot of you... Actually, I I can't wait to hear why someone might be opposed to this. There is a move in the state legislature right now to make sure that kids can get milk. A little carton of milk with their school meal and i'm sure your reaction is the same that dan had when you first heard about this i'm like why wasn't this part of the thing to begin with 
I think of you know being the, back in school and you'd go get lunch. There was always you know a milk carton was always part of the bit. And a milk carton is a part of the bit. And here is the issue: if you get a full meal, and for the school to get reimbursement for the meal, you have to take the full meal. So you can't just take the chips or just take the apple. You have to take the lunch. If you just want a carton of milk, that's not the full meal. And apparently in some kids are smart, right? So if mom or dad or grandma or grandpa sends the kid with their own lunch from home, maybe they have dietary issues or restrictions. Maybe mom and dad just want to pack the lunch. Maybe the kid needs whatever, whatever the reason is. If you bring lunch from home, but you want to grab a milk, you'd have to pay for it. You'd have to pay for it. And so what kids were doing is they were taking a full meal and throwing it out to get to get the milk. (laughs) Kids are brilliant. That now for the whole system, it's terrible. You're wasting food. But the kid wanted the milk, and that's how they got it. So the state is currently talking about expanding the school lunch program, and I know that's going to bring the usual suspects out. Oh, yeah. Freaking out. I welcome you to at 651-461-9226 if you want to. I mean, you're a certain sort of masochist after I've just told you how ridiculous you are. But one of the concerns about, uh, about the school lunch program has been waste, right? So if the food isn't good or if it's not nutritious or if it's not delicious, more, more of more concern perhaps when you're dealing with kids, people who have raised concerns about the school lunch program have been concerned that, well, we're spending this taxpayer money and kids are just going to throw the lunch out. Well, indeed, it turned out in a quirk of the system, yes, they are throwing the lunch out because they just want to drink. To me, this seems like an easy fix. This seems like an easy fix. I will say, like, I'm a little startled that we're still doing the carton of milk. I mean, does anyone really want that cardboard, wet cardboard flavor? Like, that's no good. That's that's no good. But people, if, if kids want milk, we should give them the milk, right? One texture, whatever it takes to see your classmates squirt milk through the nose. I mean, you I know, mean, it's a good. That's track. a spot on. It's a good right track. there. Yeah, yeah. Another texture, raising that concern about waste. Go to a lunchroom. The amount of food that's thrown away is grotesque. I'm fine with my taxpayer uh, tax dollars paying for the free food and the free milk, but there needs to be support by the parents and authority given the teachers to tell these kids to finish the food on their plate. It is interesting. I mean, I uh, there's no doubt that that when you're dealing with a school lunch, you have two concerns. One is that the kids don't eat it, and then they're throwing it out and wasting food. Yeah. The other is that it's not enough food. For certain kids, the size is not enough. And we've seen this with high schools and with the sort of calorie nutrition restrictions that, that come with the federal lunch program. That there's, uh, you know, there's there. It's not ideal, right? So they need more food, but you can buy more food. 
You can. I, you know, which I think is fine. Exactly. I think that's totally fine as well. I think, to the texture's point, um, I understand the frustration that that may seem that there may seem like there's that waste there. Look, we offer kids a public education. Not every kid takes a full advantage of that public education. Mm. We still make the offer because we think it's important. So I understand. You know, this idea of uh, you know trying to first of all the idea of having teachers try to insist that kids finish the food on the plate. Teachers have plenty enough to worry about without having to be monitoring that sort of thing we offer this because it's important for kids you know, to have the opportunity to have that if they don't take advantage of it, they don't eat all the food and there is waste that's unfortunate and if there are programs or educational things that we can do fine but it's still worth the offer a thousand percent and that's what we're talking about i will be surprised now you know the cost of this is larger than anticipated because more kids are taking advantage of it than anticipated mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that is good. Fine, yeah. That is good. And, frankly, there was a poll that KSDP did that said 70, I think it was 70% of Minnesotans support this. Yes. And so, like, I've talked about this with relatives, so I get it. Like, I'm not dismissing the people who have questions uh, about this as being crazy. I would say that... I find it strange that we're applying this this standard only to lunch, that everything else in school, yeah. we don't charge you based on your income. Well, you have to pay for art supplies or you have to pay for the math textbook or you have to pay a seat licensing fee. Like we just don't do that. So why is lunch different? But I think people feel how they're going to feel about this and whatever. Most Minnesotans like it. Yeah. And someone like me, like, I certainly can pay for my kid to get lunch. Like, I didn't ask for this benefit. That said, like, I didn't get a rebate check from this state, and I certainly paid a lot of taxes in. And so I don't feel bad about saving 800 bucks or so on lunch, and Sam takes the lunch at school. I don't feel bad about it. I look at it like I'm getting a bit of a tax break. Now, if you don't have kids, well, you're cranky about all school spending, aren't you? (laughs) Uh, Doesn't the toss food go to hog farmers, says one of the texters. In a lot of schools, they do. The toss food gets composted. Uh, Many schools have partnership with their local farmers, hog farmers, um, and that is a good program. I will, and another texture says they're probably going to make as much food in the cafeteria. Yeah. Either way. Right. So I don't know. They they know how many people sort of sign up for lunch, so they have they have a sense on this. This to me is a common sense tweak. I have raised like should you know is breakfast is that as necessary as providing the lunch? Um. I I do think that when we look at the cost of this in the context of other things we're spending money on, it's it's not that giant of an expense. But I'm open to compromise if people have some other way to say, like, "Eh, here's a way we could still achieve the objective of making sure kids are eating and are able to focus on their school during the school day. I'm open to other ideas. Look, I mean, if there's ways to make it more efficient and more effective, great. But as the the center of the thing has to be. We think it's important that kids aren't hungry at school. Yes. And so we're going to make sure that every kid is is fed and we don't have to deal with this nonsense of school lunch debt yeah. and all the other. Yes. Just, just feed them. Just feed them. It's important that kids are fed. 
here we go. Let's just make sure that happens. Now, again, like you said, if there's better ways to do that, if there's more efficient ways to do that, great. We're so, open to it, absolutely. right? Like, I think so. But you the can argu- analyze The that. argument over whether we should be you know, funding this or not, just at, its, at a meta level, is, is, is over. Yeah, and if the Republicans uh, want to run on that, I, I would say, like, maybe talk about the state office building yeah. expense. Instead of talking about the school lunch. Go back to the flag. Because parents to, like me, we like, we like it. Yeah. We like it. it. I don't have to make lunch in the morning. I like it, all right? I like it. Jason likes it. Back in a minute. Two interviews from this show are already blowing up on social media, so you're going to want to find them on the podcast. Just search Drive Time with Russia. On Spotify, Google Podcasts, which is now YouTube podcast YouTube or music, music or yeah. something. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, search, just search to Russia. That's probably the easiest way to get there. First, we interviewed Joe Polad, and he said he pretty much closed the door on any big dollar spending. So any of the big names you've heard the twins talking about. He talks about cutting payroll. Lots of fun stuff, too. Plus, Byron Buxton. Talking about the pain that he went through last year. Really great interview with Buck. Both of those available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Hey, let's have some more fun tomorrow. What do you say? Henry Lake is next. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.